Stacking them deep, selling them cheap. That tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're just out here stacking pennies. Welcome back to Stacking Pennies. I am Corey LaJoy, followed by a couple of my friends, couple not so much my friends. Chuck was on the friend. I was on the friend list, not anymore. Before we podcasted for a half an hour, and then none of it recorded. <laughs> uh, so now Chuck is on. So only, no it was only a zone. solid fifteen minutes. That's all. But so we were you know. flowing. So, so is this good. episode two or three? I don't know. It's two point five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm also here with big Atlantic City indoor TQ midget winner Ryan Flores. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. Corey LaJoy built half the race car, so he's like the Harry Hyde. He's like the Harry Hyde of the. I'm gonna build you an engine. Load it around. around. Oh yeah. Oh Chuck. And you put an extra big wait. gas tank on it. So I'll give it. I'll give all the listeners a little hint. So we're trying. We were trying to figure out a good. I'm also here with uh, Ice School Blue Mountain Takes, Jonathan yeah. Merriman. The real hero. <laughs> Speaking, of, he just got off the phone with the old America's Crew Chief. How's How's old Larry Mack? Larry Mack's doing well, from what I can tell. That Same. rhymes. Sounds good. Like a freestyle rap. Yeah. All right, back to back to my back idea. to the winner so, over there. No, no, we'll get to him in a second. Okay, no, but yeah, the car builder. Yeah, the crew chief thing. So we were yeah. trying to figure out a good way to release the built bar paint scheme. So I've always, for years now, had this idea of, of like recreating the scene in Days of Thunder, where Harry hides in the in the barn. So we did that whole scene recreation from the bare chassis, all next gen parts, body hanging, the whole deal, to the completion of the built bar car. It's going to be at the Daytona 500. Be on the lookout for that next week. It is Where'd you film it? You should film it over the shop. next to Josh's Farmer's Market in the actual barn? No, that's behind the old advanced auto parts. I think they're, tore that, they're tearing no. that down. What, are it's they? It's still there. It's still yeah. there. Yeah, they're tearing that down. That'd be a sad, sad day. But Might no, we go filmed it up Spire Motorsports. Rip myself off a board off that thing or uh, something. For sure, make a table out of it or yeah, something. Yeah, buddy. All right, let's not breeze through the fact that we have one winner on the show, Ryan Flores. Yeah. It was a good winter. It was a good winter. <laughs> Got street won, stock win. Street stock win at Turkey Derby. Yeah, won, won my heat race at Fort Wayne in a car built in 1969. That was good. Yeah. I mean, and then won two, uh, two TQ races. I mean, man, we've got three media guys and a race car driver in this show. I, I mean, know. Kyle Larson, kill freeze numbers. He would. I mean, <laughs> shoot. He was 50%. He's raced at Allentown 10 times, won five of them. Lost five of them. Lost five of them. You've been out Atlantic. We've been Atlantic. This is our seventh Atlantic City. Going two of them. So Atlantic City is like the Daytona 500 for these indoor midgets. Why is it such a big deal to the people in the Northeast? Yeah, it's just the prestige of it. You know, they've been racing there since the 1960s, and it's the same building where Miss America pageants. You know, Mike Tyson fought in there. It's a when Atlantic City was the place to be. You know, that was the that was the venue. So that that race combined with just all the guys that do it. You know, like you see guys like Timmy McCready, Ryan Priest, Justin Bonsignor, they, all these guys have been in there. Teddy Christopher made it kind of what it is today, and just just being there in the in the middle of January there in the Northeast, it's and you get to go to a casino, hang out with everybody from all different walks of racing. You got sprint car guys and asphalt late models, asphalt modifieds, midget guys. There's all kinds of people there. I got a text this weekend that Chris Bell actually wants to do it, and they're trying to see if I can find a ride for him for next year. So. Sell him your car. No, nah, I ain't get my car. I'm going to drain the oil that thing and hang it up in your shop yeah. next to next to the old base motorsports yeah, bush car hanging up, thing, up there. That thing's got some got some clout. So what you're saying is the Atlantic City venues is much like the LA Coliseum. It's a that's a of, I I did an interview with the with the news in New Jersey and they asked me about the LA Coliseum. I said, "Well, if you tune in tonight, you might get a small dose." News Jersey? News 12 New Jersey. News Jersey. News 12 News, news 12. Jersey. News 12. Yeah. So, we're going to dig into all things yeah. LA Coliseum here. My point, my point was, don't screw this up. This podcast has some momentum in big places. Yes, it does. So, <laughs> I didn't get that joke. Um, He's just being merriment. Yeah, yeah. I, that one went right over my head. Now, I'm sure none of my competitors listen to this show. So, what kind of tips do you have for me for tight racetracks? We've talked about it, but figuring, no. out, figuring out how to get your car to work with using the least amount of racetrack as possible. That's, that's what it's going to be. So and don't go all the way to the wall? You, the the least amount you can arc in, mm. keep the bottom. Because if, if someone's arcing in front of you and there's two to go, they're getting you're filling the hole. You're the, filling hole the hole is filled. Yep. And just like any race you've ever run, figure out how to get turn with drive. Good luck. 
That's a million-dollar question. Well, I want to know. I saw one of the headlines that says that you dodged an Atlantic City melee, and in this one says there was a crash 25 laps in, and that's what you took advantage of. What, what happened there as someone who has never watched a TQ midget indoor race? Yeah, so Andy Jankoyak, who is racing the ARCA race in Daytona, he's, he's got an ARCA team now, and Eric Rudolph, not the not guy, guy always, yeah. not the bomber guy, but Eric Rudolph, the dirt-modified racer, they, they race for a living, and um, – those two got into each other, wrecked each other, racing pretty hard. The track was really slick. And, you know, you got to be – there's 50 other cars there that didn't put themselves in position to capitalize on it. We did. So take them when you can get them. Take them when you can get them. I got a, I got a story for you, Chuck. This Bubba Wallace feud. Is this talking about taking them where you can get them? Mm. Yes. <laughs> talking, yeah. speaking, well, speaking of wrecking people. Speaking, yeah. of, wrecking speaking people. of wrecking people. Yeah. So I seen them. Okay. I seen them with two eyes. The Fillmore for Dale Jr.'s little now is this, shindig. Is this the first time that you have seen him since Phoenix? Yeah. Did you drop a bow? First time I had any communication with him. Texted him four or five different times. He ain't going to call him. Yeah. Don't know why. He's mad. Pissed off. Every right to be. So I see him walk in. He's got his hat on. I got my hat on. Cam Newton hat. I'll get to that side bar story with Greg Olson here in a second. Oh, that's the type of hat well, that it was? You yeah, I don't want people your, thinking. Don't give it away. I got a story. Your, that's your Nashville hat. I got a new hat, by the way. I saw uh, it. I'm going to come back. There's, <laughs> oh, yeah. there's six I sent it to NASCAR. All right, back to Bubba. Back to Bubba. He makes a beeline. Hey, uh, hugs Kelly. Hey, nice to see you, all that. And, like, is giving me the cold shoulder, about 30% joking, 70% serious. So I turn around and say, hey, my why don't you text me? Tell we're boys. Gives me the run around. You wrecked me. Shut my phone off. I said, I, you don't shut your phone off ever. Don't lie to me right to my face. So we hash it out. Like buddies. Yeah. A little bickering. You suck. You suck. No, you suck more. Right? And we carry about our night. The hatchet is buried, if you will. Yeah. And then he tweets at me last night. Tagged he, you. Tagged you in the tweet. Tagged me in the tweet. Bubba Wallace. At Bubba Wallace. Off season felt like getting junked by Corey LaJoy five laps into a race. Already over. We back next week. Hashtag the clash. So I responded, Chuck. I said, next week we clashing. This week we clashing, boys, there, in that, the L.A. Coliseum. So we have to give this story, this some backstory. So Corey and Bubba used to give him rides to the school. Yeah, Grew every like day for high, three high miles school. down the road. Yeah, and we used to do a Bible study at the shop, mm. and Corey put Brandon McReynolds in the fence at Dover racing East cars for the win. And the bumper cover was hanging off of the thing. Brandon Godova come up and knocked it off under caution with like two to go. So I didn't get black flag. And Bubba thought he was going to win. Well, Bubba showed up Bible study on Monday. Was he more mad this time or more mad that time? Because that was awkward. He was really mad then. He was like two notches below that mad at the Fillmore. Okay. Now, granted, that was only like a we were day young. removed. This was like three months removed. So, And Bubba's the same Bubba now that he was then. I could see exactly how it was. On, yeah, oh, wears yeah. his emotions on his sleeve. That's why I love him. But we're going to see if things come to a head here at the Coliseum. Humor is healing, and it seems like he's having a little fun with Twitter. So Yeah. You know. yeah. Well, another thing that you two have in common is you were both on the uh, I Am Athlete yes. show. Big big traction for me to end Stack and Pennies this week because we really got to break down behind the meaning of where Stack and Pennies came from, talking to a sports psychologist when I came into the Cup Series and all that. You can go listen to it. I think it's on I Am Athlete. I don't know, wherever you can find your podcast. YouTube. I've been a big Brandon Marshall fan since he played for the Jets, the Dolphins, the, the Broncos. So it was cool to be able to sit down with him and Fred Taylor and, and Channing as well, just chop up and talk about sports, not even football or racing specific, kind of just the crossovers on the mental aspect of the sport that doesn't really get covered. So that was pretty cool. I got a lot of people that reached out saying they appreciated me talking about like the mental aspect of the sport, which I don't usually get into. I kind of keep it to myself just like everybody else, but I think that's a – a big thing to certainly talk about that people, uh, I don't know, get a little sticky talking about. Well, that's one of the cool parts about podcasts and shows like that, that, you know, it, it. I've heard people say this from, you know, listening to Glass Case of Emotion, Sunday Money, Dale Jr. Download, like all of the NASCAR ones. It's almost like, and even non-NASCAR podcasts, just podcasts in general, it's like people are being brought into a conversation that's being had in a room and they feel like they're a part of it which gives them more of a connection to the sport that they're listening to or the subject that they're listening to. So they feel like they're a part of it. Well, I think the number one way to build a fan base is to make the fan 
feel like they have, you know, they're pulling for somebody that they actually know, yeah. right? And that's what we're able to do here is, like, you, you go to the racetrack, and when you're so far removed from it, just watch from the grandstands, you almost forget that, they're, that people driving the cars are real people, too. Yeah. And have stories like that and maybe struggle with the same stuff you do. So, like, this is the first week. I, we went out last weekend with our wives, and I, people were at dinner like, hey, Corey, good luck this week. Hey, you know, and that, that's kind of how you've been able to, to connect with the fans. But also I think people picked you out, speaking of football players, because of your, your Cam Newton hat you had on. I think so. <laughs> so I wear this hat. The, it's the same one we wore. Anybody that watched our Burnouts on the Boulevard Nashville podcast on video would recognize the hat that I was wearing. I thought I thought maybe some people just thought you were in Mumford and Sons though. I was No so I did look like I was in a band though. NASCAR Chasm called him Fedori LaJoy. So Corey LaJoy. <laughs> I didn't get any credit from NASCAR Chasm for taking the picture. I don't know where like I started enjoying wearing hats like that, but you heard about Chase Elliott, right? He got yeah. all this traction at the, at the red carpet on the day of the banquet. The night before, he's like, Hey man, I like your hat. Where'd you get it? I'm like, I've had this thing for a couple months. Man, I need to get me one like that. Sure enough, that some went to the hat store the next day and bought a hat that didn't even match his suit. Swagger jacker. You want me to tell you where I saw a bunch of hats like that, where I think Corey got his from? Honest truth. The Mooresville Cracker Barrel has those hats sitting there. <laughs> for sitting, sale. For sale. They're, they're not the Cam Newton ones. I bet you they're considerably cheaper than the hat that I got. My bone to pick with Chase's hat, going, like to those hats. Like your hat, like – it's formed. It's it's nice. It's like it's crisp. Mm. His hat. He bought it from the Morsel Cracker Barrel. <laughs> <laughs> you look like one of the, uh, you the know gangsters the, off the Applejack commercial. <laughs> like, nah, you know Apple the Jack the shame. crush hats that like they're they're weatherproof that like you can pack yeah. them away. It, yeah. it, it felt like That's one of those. It's like I appreciate that you're going for the hat look. Like I think we need to bring back the fedora with a suit that matches that looks sharp and it looks clean, but. So we're at a little Dale bit Jr.'s. more work. Well, and it wasn't a fedora. That was. Hang like, on. Can we can we also just say he's Chase Elliott? He can a do it. Twenty twenty Cup Series champion. Get a damn stylist. <laughs> like you have. Yeah. Like Joey Burrow says, I got way too much money to have fake diamonds in this chain. He's got way too much money to wear a hat that don't match his tux. Hey, but do you need a stylist or do you just be you? No, uh, he's not being you, him. You he's can being still, him. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're just ragging on him for. I know. I know. Bob Bobo hat. Fair, but like, do you do you need a stylist for that, or can you rely on the people that you know to be like, hey man, like, go to this guy, get this hat, get a hat guy, get a hat guy, get a hat guy, gotta get a hat guy, get a suit guy, or hat guy. One, I don't want to say anything bad on here, but this is not the first time that Chase has tried to jack something from you. Well, he tried to do a stack of pennies series. Remember that he had so like they did like a Napa segment, like a video series called Stack and Pennies. Like coincidence? Maybe he's voting you most popular driver. Yeah. Maybe he sends his vote yes, my way. that's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Maybe. Doubtful. Trendsetter. Back to the hat story. Okay. So, segue from the Bubba Wall story, right? So, my blood pressure's high. I'm scouting the room. Talk to Junebug. Dap him up. Congratulations. All that. Left him all red. There's this big sucker over in the corner talking to Marty Smith. Hey, that's Greg Olson. I like Greg Olson. I'm going to come down there and introduce myself. So, I get to chopping it up. Hey, Marty, what's going on? Hey, you met Greg Olson. We're like small talk, pleasantries, right? Talking about this and that. What are you doing? Kids are in school, coaching football. This and the whole time he's like, granted he's seven inches taller than I am, so he's like looking down at my hat, be staring at it, like not at my eyes, in my hat. And I keep looking at him, like, you all right, dude? He goes, what kind of hat's that? I said, you know what kind of hat this is. He goes, it's a Mashika. <laughs> he said, I knew it. <laughs> Mashika is who. Mixed cams. Cam Newton. Yeah. That. And also, Greg Olson apparently had three Mashikas. So I'm in a pretty elite pretty elite group. Is so. my, all I can think of is like Kill Bill, and they're like, is that a Henzo sword? No, it's Mashika. <laughs> uh, you know, I have Corey's a bit of a. throwing his a, hat like Xena at people. I have yeah. a quick, just a real quick Greg Olson. We'll bone and pick Greg Olson. Penske used to have breakfast every, like this like this week, every year. Mm. Like a let's go hoorah thing. And Greg Olson came and spoke at it. And then at some bitch was at Charlotte with Hendrick. I'm like, pick a team, guy. You yeah. came and gave us pep talk. Now you're sitting on pit, pit box with the Hendrick guys. What are they, what, what's the new term for those guys? What, uh, that's good for the phone. What, uh, what do they call it? Fairweather. Fairweather. Fan. Fairweather's like a balloon or something that, I've heard of that It's just late. a typical Panthers fan. Yeah. Or, hey, whoever's paying the appearance fee. Hey. But I let him slide. Keep yeah. buttering the biscuit. He's a Jersey guy. Let him slide. Man. G-Reg? No G-Reg. He's doing all right in the booth. Yeah, he's transitioned. He's a media guy like you, you know. 
you know, it's tough. It's yeah. a tough transition to make. Yeah. yeah. You know, because you're not used to talking about it. You're just used to doing it. But here I am, stacking pennies every week. Making transitions. Stacking Mashikas. Right. <laughs> stacking Mashikas. Yeah. Oh, How many yeah. Mashikas you got now? I have one Mashika and one Daisy May. Which, I mean, what's is a that Daisy the Cracker May? Barrel brand? Yeah. No. Oh. Daisy May, there's a local guy in Nashville I went and got a custom one, made it sick. Okay. You'll yeah. see it. I'm going to wear it this weekend. I've got a couple of hats I got a made picture, out of beaver felt. <laughs> they have a. They have a sheriff badge. On They're the good waterproof hats, Beaver Felt. We're we're way yeah, Beaver head. All right, let's get this train. Back. Let's get this. Back. <laughs> I yeah, realize we're if we have anybody listening to the show at this point in time, not, let's get it back. <laughs> we could get to some racing. Well, not really racing, but testing that happened in Phoenix. Yeah, and the big thing I took out of that, you can put as much weight as you want to in the times. The big teams are going to figure out how to make those cars go fast, and the smaller teams aren't. But don't put a whole lot of stock into who's fast and who's slow right now. Once you roll them things through tech and everything's same, same, and you don't have to train the car, you'll really understand who's making the big gains in this thing. One thing that did show up that showed up over and over again is the second day, Blaney had a lot of speed. Blaney's had a lot of speed everywhere we've been. The champ, Larson, had a lot of speed the first day, and uh, and Blaney heard that there's a lot of brake issues out there, a lot Chase, of teams fighting it. Chase spun like two times in a row. Like Kyle Bush spun out twice. Kyle Bush spun I'm out telling twice. you, when those suckers go, they go. And, and just that window, that area of margin, like the margin for error of how much you can slide those cars is a quarter of the size that it was. When that thing used to go, you can start feeling the right rear kind of chatter, lose a little bit of grip, and you can lean on the side, the uh, quarter panel, you can lean on that spoiler a little bit. But now, as soon as the razor edge line of grip that you cross, because the sidewalls of the tire are thinner, so you don't have as much tire flexion and tire uh, saturation. So as soon as they go, man, like, it's a moment. And, and they both, they most of them spun out off of four. One, or, or was it off? Or, of, or old track yeah. one. I still call it one. But coming to the start finish line, that's a, a, you're trying to get the power down to get through the dog leg. But yeah, that's a tough part of the racetrack. And I like the fact that you're seeing people bust their ass. Did anybody cut through to the apron or not? I wouldn't imagine, because man, you're, you I would didn't kill see those belly yeah. pans, you know, and uh, it hurts hitting them damn rub blocks. Like those things are solid, dude. So I think you're going to see a lot less of those guys just launching it on the on the flat, uh, just because it's uh, restarts like, too. You're, you'll see that, and you'll be able to grit it out for, but you won't see guys every third lap blast, blasting it down there because I think that diffuser is too fragile, and those dang rub blocks that pretty much limit the travel are. I mean, they're solid to the frame, so rattle your teeth. So rattle your teeth. And so one thing we haven't talked much about that I think is good to bring up, even though it's not just pertinent to Phoenix, but on restarts with the sequential shifter, <clears throat> will you see miss shifts that way, or will it be pretty straightforward? Or what will be I the differences there? I think you'll see guys not so much miss shifts on restarts, but we saw Tyler Reddick blow one up at Daytona, going downshifting too quick, coming down a pit road under hot. So if you preload that thing too much and it, it'll grab a gear and the motor might not want it but the transaxle can you know push it into gear so i think you'll see more mistakes there guys over revving it because the transmission can it'll it'll eat that gear and spin the motor however fast that that transaxle is going over under five of those at daytona uh downshifts blown motors uh i'd say under under but it, it's gonna be somebody it'll be two to three i do i do think and People think that with the bigger brakes, you're going to be able to get onto pit road deeper. I don't think that's going to be the case because now the brakes have more potential stopping power than what the tires have capability for. So we saw a lot of lockups before with the smallest brakes that you could possibly get to put on the cars. Now you're going to have some guys buried in there with no fuel weight, dirty air because you can be in a pack of cars, and hot tires. And all it takes is the slightest little lockup and you flat spot the tire, and it could – uh, he was spotting – no, you weren't pitted for Austin last year. But he was trying to make the 500. Austin Cindric was flat spots his tires and Yeah, almost went a lap down, yeah. And if it, he wouldn't have caught a caution, you know, he would have been out of the show. So, I think that – No, hell, see, Priest pushed him yeah. past the guy he needed to be by. You're going to see a lot of that stuff more often than, than you had because it's so it's going to be so easy to lock a tire up. What about somewhere like a Dover where pit entry is somewhat difficult? Um, like what? I mean, what type? What are you, you going to see that there? Dumbass that's trying to push the limit and yeah. backs a thing in the fence. You know, like there's always going to be that, but I think the opportunity to do that is way easier than it had been. Well, the the places where it's going to show up where you wouldn't think now is like a Martinsville or yeah. Phoenix where you're going to be shifting during the race because now with that sequential shifter, like it, 
when your tires get worn out and you're really having to slow down at Martinsville or maybe, you know, through one and two at Phoenix, like you used to shift there. I think they gapped fourth and fifth gear at Phoenix to not allow you to shift there. But I do think when the tires wear out there at Martinsville and, and some smaller places, maybe even Richmond, you'll go to fourth and pull fifth occasionally, which the X-Track guys will absolutely hate that. But I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what they do. I don't know what we're going to do this weekend because they're telling me I'm going to be in third gear, like the short track gear and in third gear out of the five. I got some track time if you want to know. How does it feel? I'll, I'll tell you this. The, the track in Atlantic City got oiled down, and I've never shifted high, and I did it, and it was a mistake. I did it don't to try do to do it, it for drive. Like mm-hmm. we used to do the summer shootout when it rained. Yeah. Good luck with that. Man, Chuck, I am excited about the Coliseum. Like – I think is it is as level of a playing field as we have ever had in a sport for any race ever. Is that fair to say? Hey, I think so for sure. Like nobody has any notes essentially on this yeah. car, especially in any notes off a flat racetrack that's a quarter mile long, Bowman Gray style. So it's really going to be, man, who can have some one-lap speed or I, they, there's three laps for qualifying, who can qualify good for their heat race and qual- punch their ticket into the show and – be smart and keep their stuff straight and be there at the end. It's going to be a good test for this next-gen car on durability and what breaks and what doesn't break because this is going to be a, a pretty big first test for the sport with just the opportunities to see what we can do on a temporary facility as well as what this next-gen car's got. So I am super pumped up. We were out there for the, the walkthrough, and Ben Kennedy threw us in the pace car, and we took a few laps. And, <clears throat> I mean – you go to the pace car like Martinsville, you get some tire squeal. I mean, it's sitting on street tires, right? So, but it was, it seemed extremely exaggerated. The pace car, like, just smelled like rubber and burnt brakes when he was yeah. done with it. I mean, he was, he was beating the thing up. And it, uh, it is going to be interesting. It seems like to me, just like from walking on the track, center off feels like it narrows up. No, it might not. It might be consistent. But it's it's going to be super interesting. Now, what are they doing on the apron to deter guys from going down there? They have basically – it's like what you hit on the side of the highway. Like a right? rumble strip the, on the side of the highway. It's oh. the rumble strips, but I think they're ground into the track. Oh, okay. Don't hold me to that. Yeah. But So, I mean, it's not going to – if you can get down there, like it's not out of bounds. Yeah, but you wouldn't be able to make as much grip down there as you would be. On the race Yeah, but on the last lap, all you got to do is clean somebody out to win. Well, yeah, if eight tires turn better than four yeah. every day of the week. There you go. There you go. So it's not like there's cones down there. Yeah. So when you get there. Cones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, cones. like the, the, the highway, <laughs> uh, the barrel cones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh. speaking of barrel cones, uh, was it uh, – who hit one? It was either at Charlotte. Reddick hit one at Charlotte. Oh, he hit the end of pit wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah he hit the end of pit wall. So they moved it the next day. I spun out in one of those mock races as well, and it, had they not moved it, I'd have hit the same damn place. The cars are so heavy, they just slide forever. Hmm. I think they're about 100 pounds heavier than what we had last year, which isn't ideal, but, you know, such is life. So with, with the Coliseum coming up, that Saturday, there's practice. Like, what's your game plan for that? Like, wh- as a team, what are you looking to get out of that practice session? Um, I think I just saw some rules come out today that, you know, what you're allowed to change during practice and what you're not, which I saw that you're not allowed to change springs, which makes it kind of like makes me scratch my head a little bit. Um, so we'll, we're having dinner tonight with everybody to actually set some like the goals and expectations for the year. Um, but I'm going in honestly with the mindset of we, our team's one of the teams to beat, which everybody's probably going in with that same mindset, but I've never been this confident going into a race and also with the sensation of I feel like I can win just the same as Joey Logano or Denny Hamlin uh, like I think that it's realistic to say that we can be in the mix especially with you know I finished second and first at Bowman Gray which is literally the spitting image of this racetrack and you know it's a it's a way different discipline of driving a car that's not pushed to its capabilities of tire brake of you know maximum lateral grip of downforce like the car's up out of the racetrack the entire time and you're kind of just sliding around pointing and shooting so it's a tough thing to recreate or get any seat time at and I've probably got as much as anybody else it's been a while but I'm pumped up the other question I have on it you know Bowman Gray 
it's Bowman Gray. Like you, you've been there. You know what it looks like when it's packed. It's 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 pretty good sized crowd. Mm-hmm. You go into the LA Coliseum. You've got the safer barrier. You've got the catch fence, which isn't really there at Bowman Gray. There's Armco, right? But you go in and you see those stands where, you know, NCAA championships have been played. The Olympics were there. That place is probably going to be packed to the brim with people. What do you think that moment, like when you get out there and you see that crowd, what, is the, what do you think that's going to be like, the uh, atmosphere? Yeah, so I think that a lot of guys are going to go, myself included, pumped up to be part of the event. So there's that part of it, being that you're one of the 36 guys that gets to try their hand in probably, let's call it what it is, it's probably a one-and-done event in this particular stadium. Kudos to NASCAR and Ben Kennedy for making that happen. I'm going in with the up, like the, the outlook, like, hey, if you qualify in the poll, you're going to have the track record inside LA Coliseum forever. You're going to be the guy who wins the, the Bush Clash in the LA Coliseum, the only guy to do it, right? So that's well, you're like Skip. <laughs> He's won it in a venue that Tyson has won at, that yeah. Miss Americas were crowned. You're going to be have the potential to win in a place where they've crowned Olympians, Super Bowl champions, NCAA champions. You're basically sharing the same field as no doubt any world-class athlete ever. Yeah, so I'm, I'm super excited about that for the, for the chance to do it. But beyond, like once you get past the, the off act of it, like you put the helmet on and you tighten the belts and you get after it and it's like – those guys in front of you are trying to take food off your plate just like the guy behind me is. So it's a, it's a race at the end of the day. And once you get, you know, past the fireworks and the 65, 75,000 people are going to be there and you got Pitbull and you got Ice Cube and you got all the celebrities out, which is going to be cool as hell, somebody's going to win that race. Yeah. I think it's a I think it's a huge opportunity. Like this week I was talking to Steve Post yesterday and I'm like, man, I think it's one of the biggest weeks for our sport that I can remember because if this works – and we do want to do it again. It could be like our winter classic, like like for it is for uh, hockey. You know, we could bring this to Center City anywhere, Soldier Field. You know, you don't want to go Soldier Field in January, but you could, you know, you could bring it anywhere in in the country and put it in front of new fans. And that's you know that's the opportunity that we're presented if it goes well. Yeah, I love the doors that potentially opens with you know maybe going to AT and T Stadium or some somewhere else that you can f- stick a quarter mile racetrack and race some cars around circles. I mean, Soldier Field, just do it. Just put a snowplow on the front of the car and boom. There you, you go. got it. Boom. You know? yeah. I've had some cars that handle like that have a snowplow <laughs> in front of them. Sprinkle tires. <laughs> Sprinkle tires and snow tires. Uh, yeah. What? One thing I, I had some questions about this weekend. Obviously, the track has one entrance and one exit. Like, they're, they're the same. Mm. So, where most places when you practice, you just, you know, pull out when you want, get a hole, run, pull back in. What, what's it going to look like? Have you seen anything on procedure like that? Obviously, you're going to go in like any short track where you get – maybe 10 laps or 10 minutes at a time. So I just was kind of breathing through some Bob Parker's tweets on the way in here. They just put out a bunch of practice procedure rules, what they're going to change, what what they won't let you change. And then they're going to break it up three groups. I think it's of, uh, what is that, 36 divided by three is what, 12? 12, 12, I was told there would be no math. So there's three groups of 12 that you get eight minutes and you have three separate practice sessions. Are okay. they timed? Uh, Are they eight minutes long? So, like, if uh, somebody, God forbid, walls it, red flag comes out, do you lose that practice time? <laughs> what do I look like? Steve I mean, O'Connor? I didn't know. Bob <laughs> yeah. tweeted it. You know what I mean? I just so, drive the damn thing. So, for your changes in that, um, like, when you go out on the track, so do you bring your stuff to the infield and they rotate I like think that? Those two or three guys are going to let you go in, and I think it's going to be minimal wedge. Um, I don't think you can bring, like, different sets of that shock centers set up. And you can't rifle on different shots. That's why they're probably you can't you can't probably change springs because you're going to bring this stuff into the infield. Yeah. that's the only thing that makes sense to me. Yeah, can you what? put spring rubbers in these new cars or no? No, you have weight jackers kind of like you do in that TQ. You have four of them. Yeah, no, just two in the back, and that's what you do from the rear window. Okay, so you can't do it in the no. car. Oh man, you got man, I have myself tuned right out every time I go to touch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you get good. so you have these knobs in the car, and you turn them, and you're like, I don't even know where I'm at yeah, anymore. Yeah, I'm glad they don't give me options to detune myself either but yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be good it'd be qualifying that sets uh the lineups for the four heat races 25 laps so obviously it's gonna be important to qualify well there in the top four of each of those heat races make the main and then you do not want to be in the last chance qualifier race but if you are the top three go on to the big show norm benning 2.0 is all we can hope for i mean it's gonna be there's gonna be action and there's gonna be Tempers flaring. It's going to be so much 
fun to watch, man. You don't want to be in that race, but you want to watch that race. Absolutely. You at home, tune in for those because those guys that want to get in there to have a shot at winning that race. And here's my thing, man. I'm going all the way out there. If you can't win the show, you might as well be the show, Chuck. (laughs) I think that's one of the biggest things about the Chili Bowl is watching where the cutoff race is. Like, especially if you watch on Saturday, and that's maybe what some of the allure of that place is. But, like, the cutoff, the the race for – Getting into the show is just as important or just mm-hmm. as fun to watch as it is. It's like watching playoff football or it, as it is to watch, you know, who wins. Dude, it's going to be sweet, man. I, I I urge everybody to watch that thing. It's on Fox. What time, Chuck? You know? 6 p.m. Eastern. 6 p.m. Eastern. Main event, uh, the, the heat start at 3, and the main event is at 6 p.m. Eastern. Qualifying will be on Saturday night. Saturday night at 8:30 Eastern practice also is uh so Saturday from Is that going to be on te- television as well? Uh practice will be on t- 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 FS2. Okay. And qualifying FS1 and then on Sunday everything will be on Fox Network. Love that. Love that. Who's on your car? Bill? Can't say. Well, it'll be announced by, by the time this comes out. So it'll be Nations Guard. Just old Rick Hendrick, little pass through. Thanks, Rick. Thanks for the motors. Looks sweet though. Yeah. Yeah, it looks good. We got some stuff to talk about here, Pit. We're at boats and woes, so stick around. Talk about these crazy pit stop choreographies. Across America, BP supports more than two hundred and seventy-five thousand jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we're back. It is time for Pit Road Boats and Woes. A little bit of news this week coming out of the uh, Pit Road choreography. Um, What's the way it's always been, and what now is changing? So when we went from a six-man pit stop to a five-man pit stop, Mm -hmm. when when that first came out, we got rid of a carrier, and you saw a lot of different choreography when that first started. I think, like, RCR was switching off the jackman and the carrier and the, the... changer was bringing their own tire out and there was changers just bringing their own tire out in the carrier and the jackman staying in the same position well brian holland who is the pit coach at he's the head coach at gibbs he was our xfinity coach then and at one day at practice he said hey let's just try it where the carrier brings out both tires drops one off for the jackman hangs the right rear and three months later that's what everybody was doing the head coach at gibbs now brian holland has designed a stop with with all their guys to where everybody jumps out in front of the car and they all run around the guy from the right front goes to the left rear and the guy from the right rear goes to the left front so they never they never crisscross what are they trying to achieve by doing that i think the biggest thing is dead time right in a pit stop when they're fast nobody ever stops moving whenever someone runs around and they're just sitting there with the tire waiting to hang it or the changer sitting there with the open fender waiting for the tire to get hung that's when you see a lot of time loss so what it does is it gets your rear changer to the right rear about three or four tenths better than if you're chasing the car down. And it gets to where your front changer, we've seen where the front changer gets up and the jackman goes by him. It gets him where he's not kind of standing at the left front for a second. The questions have been raised about safety. There, there's a lot of risk with that stop. The, the, the thing that I think we're missing on the safety call on it is, you know, the, we, we jump out in front of race cars for a living. It's not really a safe job. And we've gotten to the point in racing where people argue safety as part of their agenda because they, you know, like a competition advantage, you know, they don't like something they see, so they cry it's not safe. But what I'll say, like, I don't ever want to be that guy, but what I will say is the way that you're going to hurt somebody on pit road is not, you know, the car's one thing, 
But when you start dragging hoses down pit road, that's when people get really hurt. Uh, and that, that runs a risk of getting people hurt, not only on pit road, but on the other side of the wall. When, when stuff gets drugged like that, you pull them out of the pit box like that. That's, that's a, that's a world I don't want to go down, but yeah. the way that we've done the stop forever keeps the hoses the tightest to the car with this way the, the hose has to be a little bit further out. Whatever, Na- so, whatever NASCAR decides to do with it, NASCAR made a rule a couple weeks ago to where the rear changer had to approach from the back of the car. And then I guess uh, they went and looked at the stops with uh, with Gibbs, and they, they rescinded on that rule, but you're not allowed to do this choreography till March, which the first race you're allowed to do is Atlanta. What dictates them saying March is the date? I don't know. I would imagine that they want to give everybody an opportunity to learn how to do it. Because mm. Gibbs has been working on this pit stop. You could argue that this that they've been working on this pit stop for over a year. They started doing this, you know, more than a year ago. And from what I understand from talking to their guys, they they stopped practicing five lug nut pit stops and were just doing this. And some people blame blame that on why the five car beat them at Phoenix. Um, so they had a lot of they have a lot invested into this stop. So they're really trying to get it pushed along. But like like I said, we've we've all in NASCAR watched changes in the sport. And especially at this time of year, everybody gets anxious about if they've put enough work in or what it's going to be, or they get nervous about what's going to happen. And in five weeks, it's five weeks from now, it's going to be commonplace. And it's going to be like, we never did anything different. Yep. So now you've been hitting one lug nut pit stops for four months now. Have you hit a five nut pit stop in between there? Well, there's sometimes where I miss the one lug nut where I feel like I'm back hitting five, <laughs> but no, but, man, like I burned the ships. Like I'm done with that. Yeah. And I know that there, there's a question about doing Xfinity, but if we had to, I'd do what I had to. But that for, for me, I'm Cup Series tire changer. One lug nut focused on that to be the, you know, best guy on pit road. And I'm done, you know, I'm done with, with five. So the guys that do, the teams that want to have an Xfinity car, before when you pitted a car on Saturday, it was the exact same as pitting a car on Sunday. How much different would it be? going from a Saturday five nut pit stop to a one lug pit stop. I mean, you could do it, but there's a lot, there's, there's big differences and uh, just the way that you, you prep and the way that you hang the tire, pull the tire, all that stuff. But, but for me, like people, and I, I've watched it on Twitter and people kind of downplay like how, how good some of these guys are. Like you got to understand these guys do pit stops for a living. I've seen, you know, people talking about IMSA and this and that, like, I would challenge anybody to come into one of these facilities during a practice day and see what see what some of these guys actually are able to do. And just because you're there's four less lug nuts, you're just going like I've said, you're just going twice as fast and having to do everything twice as fast, process everything so much faster. So for me, it would be a burden trying to be where I'm at in my career, trying to be a top five guy every week to try to go back and forth. I just want to focus on this and be the best at this. That being said, if we if Penske says, hey, man, Austin's going to run three Xfinity races. We need you to go do it. You know, I'd be there to do it. The yes, best sir, I could. Captain. Yeah. Yes, sir, Captain. I, I, signed a, I signed a contract with Penske Racing. They pay my bills. That's what I'll go do. Heard that. What was a great five-nut stop last year? Uh, I think what we see what we see Larson's team do in 11-3. Uh, yeah. You know, and that was probably the, the top stop of the year. What do you foresee the top stop one-nut being this year? This year by the end of the year? I would say – maybe like a nine three but i think that that's the very end of the year that's when people figure out when people figure out you know where to be aggressive what torques you can get away with and uh you know you'll always cut time off but i i think to start i think you know i think 10 11 second stops will be kind of where we're at to start the season people right away like i said go right to fuel flow well you gotta wait on gas when you stage racing has changed that yeah. You're not going to wait on gas. Bigger too, so you don't need full tanks per se. And the same places where we've waited on gas forever, Michigan, Pocono, maybe Texas now, maybe Atlanta now, and then your super speedways. Those will be, you know, six, seven races a year. But one thing you'd probably know on is tire fall off of these new tires. Seems to, it sounds like it's pretty great. Significantly more. So yeah. you're not going to be worried about fuel. You're going to be worried about rifle no, tires. No, you're, you're not going for a fuel full fuel run a lot of places. I mean, you were burning tires off at that Charlotte test in 35, 40 laps, which is unheard of in the last 10 years. So kudos to Goodyear for giving us a tire that degrades. We'll see. Hopefully they can bring that option back to a lot of places we go to. What else we got for pit road boats and woes? I have a question. When the tire changer runs around the front of the car, what do they do with the fuel hose? I mean, obviously you can't go under the car. Uh, they, so you, they loop it over. I mean, 
No, so so on the Gibbs stop, if you go back and watch what they posted, both hoses run in front of the car. Mm-hmm. So the the gas man essentially never has to deal with anybody running by him because okay. the the gas, the fueler's on the back side of the car. So when you come from the right front and run to the left rear, you never intersect. The only thing would be like if you fell and tripped, then you might take them out. But it it really would help your fuel man. The the things I don't understand watching it is like where is their pit sign going to be? Gibbs has been on the forefront of pit stops forever there you would almost argue that they're you know some of the reasons that a lot of rules have been made on the guns on the lug nuts uh studs wheels a lot of stuff like that they they've always had a group of engineers that have pushed the boundaries on that and have been at the forefront of that and they, they've won a lot of races won a lot of, of races because of pit stops they have a lot of good guys there but um but yeah I, when i look at that stop there's a lot of risk there could also be a lot of reward if it's better everybody will be doing it in a couple months and we'll find out who's doing it, who's not doing it, who's good and who's bad. Pit Road Boats and Woes. Got to love it. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? more confident, capable surgeons, and even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back. Running down to the end here, so let's just go ahead and get some L.A. Bush-like clash predictions. Chuck, who is your – actually, we'll do this. We're going to do a winner pick and a dark horse pick. Okay. Winner pick and dark horse pick. Yep. Winner pick for the L.A. Clash. Bush, Clash. Bush light? Bush light clash. Clash at the Coliseum. Bush clash. Winner pick for the Bush light clash at the Coliseum. I'm going to go with. You better do it. Your big brother. Kurt Bush? Yep. You think so? Yep. I don't know. That's not what my gut says. Right. I like the pick. I, I don't think it's a bad pick, but um, I'm going to go with Kyle Bush, actually. Mm. The other brother. Not a bad pick. Don't, um, don't see it happening. Dark horse, though. Dark horse. Going homer. Corey LaJoy, dark horse. Love that, dog. Yeah. Love that pick. That's a dark horse pick right there. All right, Ice Club and Mountain takes. Uh, I think the winner's coming out of Penske. Um, I want to say Blaney, but for some reason I think Joey just seems to adapt better. I think we saw it at the Bristol Dirt Race. I think the 22 is going to win. Uh, I think you're the obvious dark horse pick with the Bowman Gray experience. Stop blowing smoke up my ass, guys. No, I'm being serious. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I'm going to I'm gonna venture off, and I'm going to say dark horse because new team, a lot of changes, Brad Keselowski will be my dark you horse son pick. son of a bitch. I mean, he's a, the guy's a cup champion. I don't well, know how yeah, much. Well, yeah, but he's <laughs> also, like, driving for a team that hasn't won a race in God knows how long. Yeah. So, you know, since Ricky won Talladega. Yeah, what's a dark horse anymore, right? We're all in the same boat, so that's why I picked that's why I've been, been hammering you on this deal. Um even though you're my buddy, I think that's why as well. But see the work that's put in there, but I, I would the the reason I was gonna pick Brad was not off of emotion or anything. He's he's one of the best short track drivers when we go that can manage the race, manage the run, and he's got a guy crew chief in him that was one of the best short track drivers in the Carolinas. So you put those two Matt guys McCall. together, you know, and that whole place has Frickin' Brad's got a chip on his shoulder, and he's good when he does. So, I think he can be really good. You've got to be gritty when it comes to them little bull rings, man. Like, you can't take nothing from nobody. And, uh, yeah, Brad was going to be my pick, but he's been 
the pick for a couple other guys. So let's go with somebody else. Who's your lock? Did you give your lock? I'm locking Corey. The locks. Okay. Corey's the locks, locks are locked of love. in. Um, man, I got a lot of pressure from you guys this week. I mean, I'll go. I'll go with Larson. I mean, the guy's bad unstoppable. I mean, his confidence is down a little bit, though. Where'd he finish? Third in the Chili Bowl? He's he's done, washed up. <laughs> washed up. I mean, because you can't say yourself to win. But, I mean, I really – Bet on yourself, why not? dude. Let's go. If I, I watched the game on video. I can't bet, bet more than 200 bucks myself. And you're going to go to Chuck's and watch the Coca-Cola racing clash tomorrow night. Yeah, I'm going stu- to study, study up on that. If you want to see that, tune in live on YouTube. On YouTube, it will be yesterday when this comes out. But sure, it'll, the replay will be there. You missed it. You can go in there and watch from Keegan Leahy's in-car. I'm sure Keegan's got the tips, though. Big eye racing guy. <laughs> Big eye racing guy, yeah. It's going to be wild, Chuck. It's Yeah. Words cannot describe the amount of uh, excitement I have. <laughs> what do you think generally – um, yeah, and, and I know I see what kind of what sh- who's on your shirt at the moment, so you probably can't answer this truthfully. Mm-hmm. What is the percentage of people that are embracing it or thinking it's the dumbest thing ever? Are you talking in house? No, 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 uh, no. Fans. Uh, well, look, I think that social media is an echo chamber. That's why I'm asking. It, it takes one person to fuss about something to make it seem like you have a legion of people. Mm-hmm. Most happy people. Don't say anything. Stay off social media and don't say much. So I'm going to say 99% of people are excited for it. It's everything that anybody's ever asked for. More yeah. short you tracks. Got, you got more short tracks. You got heat racing. And guess what? You don't have a track near you. We have a semi-modular slash modular setup. You can truck this thing anywhere you want to go. might take a little time to set it up. But I've had more people – more friends that are not like NASCAR fans that have texted me or if I've seen them, they've asked me about it and like they are intrigued. They are thinking about it. They want to watch it because they want to see what's going to happen. The perfect appetizer to the Daytona 500, it is, I think, will be equivalent to the 79 blizzard that tuned in everybody to that race. And fingers crossed, fingers crossed you get a good show, which I'm, it looks like it should, yeah. It's guaranteed to get a good show. People are going to fight. Yes. You and tear up a race up. car you could use on the West Coast Swing? Yes. Drivers might not fight, but the crews? No. If somebody junks me for Lord. a transfer spot, they're getting dotted in the eye. Now, it, you have to gauge, like, the, uh, you know, the malicious, how malicious it was intended, right? It's one thing somebody getting in you and spinning you out. It's another thing somebody, like, wiping you out. Can I give you a hypothetical real quick? Yeah. Austin Cindric junks you, right? His crew guys – Freaking front tire changer gets in your face afterwards, rubbing it in. You punching that dude in the face? Yeah. I won't be there. So be hard to punch <laughs> <him>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're not having pit stops. I'll be in New Jersey this weekend. I don't know. He's, he's kind of scrappy, though. Yeah. He was a wrestler in high school. We ain't that look. I, I, had this conver- I had this actually one time when Tony Stewart fought Logano on pit road. I was working for Tony. And uh, he's like, I was looking to see where the frick you were and what side you are going to be on. But I remember I walked up to the car. You remember when he pulled down? Yeah. I mm-hmm. walked up to the car, and everybody was fighting, and I got there at the end of it. And our crew had already gone back to the truck because we didn't know Tony. Tony never said anything. He turned to the end of the pit road, and they were just standing at the back of the truck, and I kind of saw what was going on, so I went down there. And Tony Gibson was the last one. It was just me and him. There was nobody else. And he goes, oh, man, I'm too old and fat for this. Flee, <laughs> take this car back. So it was me, a fan, and a photographer pushed the car back to the truck. Cause everybody, once the fight was done, everybody was gone. But – you're gonna see some. You're gonna see some hurt, hurt feelings. Bent fenders this week. I, yeah, I'll say it. this: the a couple of the short track guys I talked to, especially this past weekend, the the one everybody I've talked to, and they kind of downplay it at first. Like when you get to the reality of it, and you're like, "Come on, what are you mad about?" They they change their tune. But like one guy came up to me this week, and for the racers that listen, he was like, "Well, I don't understand why they go to LA Coliseum when Irwindale's right around the corner," and I said. Do you, did you just listen to yourself? It's the freaking L.A. Coliseum. You ever been to Irwindale? It's in like an industrial park. Yeah. The second right? biggest city in the country. I said it's the L.A. Coliseum. Irwindale's cool. Don't get me wrong, but it's cool for like what we used it for, the old, you know, K&N clash deal. But like the Bush Clash, a race that's kind of gone stale. I don't think they've crowned any Olympians in Irwindale. No. Have they? I don't think so. No. But I don't think they have. I think that's at the heart of a lot of the argument that people have against the cup series and change it's like we got these short tracks why don't we just go to this one over here it's like well it's the cup series we're we're putting on a 
it's because I'm from North Carolina. I just got back from the mountains this past weekend, so I coach switched up there, you know, with my people. Yeah. Um, but people always say, you know, you got this track here, this, this, we need to go here, we need to do this. Well, we have the opportunity to go to a place that we haven't gone to and put on an awesome show because it's the Cup Series. It is the premier motor racing discipline in the United States. The world. The world. Let's not, let's not forget about this particular topic or – element of the clash it is not a points race so nascar can cr- take the knob of entertainment they can take the knob of competition and maybe dial the one competition down a little bit and crank the entertainment knob all the way up we've got pitbull on pit road for the concert ice cube halftime show quote unquote if you will it's not interfering with anybody's year-long hopes, yeah. championship hopes yeah just this is lay it all on the line for the money and you know what you get that fan that has never been to an Irwindale that watches this short track race. They see it on TV, and then they're like, hey, where's the place that I can go see this near me for, you know, it, it's, it's cheaper to go to watch a race like that. And, that and that's is, the entryway. That right? is the moral of the story. That is the larger picture. If you can hook a five-year-old kid yes. into watching a NASCAR race where his USC Trojans play, and you can get him to Irwindale – or get him on iRacing, or get him in a Legends car. Because nowadays, want to love it. nowadays yeah. it's not the other way around. You're not going to get somebody out for the first time at Irwindale no. and let them, you know, turn them into a, a sport or, a, you know, a lover of the sport. It's what Tom Cruise said in Days of Thunder. I watched it on ESPN. Coverage They've got excellent. great coverage. It's what every NASCAR driver, when you ask them their favorite memory of the Daytona 500. They can pinpoint a time sitting on the couch with their dad or their mom or their family watching that race, and they can say, this is the moment that I was like, yes, I want to be a NASCAR driver. It wasn't at a track. It wasn't doing They were watching it on TV. They remember that moment. Or they were sitting in the stands with their family, and that was like, boom, this is that moment. So this can be that moment and that catalyst to create fans for life. And I don't get why people badmouth it at all because we're trying something, and I'm fired up right now because You're getting me excited. It's, we're getting ready to go. Hot and bothered, we're, we're four what days was, out from it. What was your moment? What was my moment? Yeah. Well, my moment was walking through the what is now the Cup Garage at Darlington. It used to be the Xfinity Garage after, after the race. I don't know where Dad finished. He didn't win because he won the year before. And I was five or six walking and like seeing all the cars with the Darlington stripes and the like the sand of the garage area, the smell of the car and the rubber and all the you know the hustle and bustle of the garage after the race and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is this is it." What was your moment? Uh, I don't know that I had one moment, but it was just all the moments at Wall Stadium. I was born, I was born racing. I mean, I was born in grew it. up at Wall Stadium. What was your day. moment? Um, it was the one that I remember watching and I was a little bit older, but was the uh, Actually, no. I take it back. I take it back. Seeing Jeff Gordon cry after winning uh, the Coca-Cola 600 because my sister had a crush on Jeff Gordon and I made fun of her because she liked him and he cried. What year would that have been? Uh, 96-ish. Yeah. It, was not, it had to be 95? His it was first, his first, his first win. Coca-Cola 600. Yeah. Right. Uh, his first win ever, right? Oh, he won his Coca-Cola 600, his first first win. Mine was 2001, watching Harvick edge oh. Gordon at the line. I Talk remember – Walked in my aunt's house, was a huge Gordon, uh, was a huge Earnhardt fan. I'd been a Gordon fan, like just, you know, sporadically. Walked in, we like brought dinner over there in like last two laps. She was on her couch in tears. Like I got cold chills thinking about the moment. I'm like, that, I was like, this is amazing. Like watch it every weekend from that point on. Harvick with them three fingers at the window. What I was going to say to me, the one that like locked it in was Steve Park winning at um, Rockingham, Rockingham the week, week after and, like, diving right. off the car. And I remember listening to it on the radio because it was raced on a Monday. Dude, still get teary thinking about both of those moments, man. It's yeah. crazy. Like I, like, I was listening to it in school on the radio because it rained out. I was like, I, I'm not missing this. I'm going to listen to it. And Best like damn that. sport on planet. It is. I got, <laughs> I got tears running down my face. Yeah. You didn't do your, you didn't do your, your uh, Hollywood movie. Thing. Oh, Yeah. I think you should just give us drivers that you we yeah. have to think Yeah, oh, we're just going to – we're just going to – I was trying to segue this in, but I'm going to jam it in here for the – just going to miss a shift on that sequential shift. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I thought you couldn't miss one, but sure enough. Yeah. Sure enough. 
so I wanted to parlay a little bit. In the in the background, this beautiful setting, LA Coliseum, you have the what do they call the parasail, the whole deal. Parastyle. Parastyle. We're gonna be parasailing. Parasail on the beach. Back, you know, and you're gonna have the Hollywood sign in the background. I was singing this morning before we recorded. If you had to pick one driver to star a lead role in a movie, who are you going with and what is this said movie? Ryan, what do you got? Uh, Kyle Bush, PB Herman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do need, do, I mean, do we need another one? Oh. No, not really. He's been thinking about that one all day. Chuck, who do you, who who'd you go with? Uh, <laughs> see what it's, it's. I'm torn on this because, like, part of like, hang what on, do I want to see, or what do I back. think would be good? Uh, let's no. go back to the Pee Wee Herman yeah. thing. That was an in-depth answer because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like he's doing some Pee Wee Herman stuff on social media right, right now. Yeah, I, I mean, think I would do Cole Custer's Vin Diesel in Fast and Furious. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cole. But, see, like, my question is this. Like, are we taking it seriously? Like, who do you think could actually do a good job in a no, movie? No. Or who do you want to see? No. Like, part of me wants to see – Brad Keselowski starring like a Pistol oh, Pete no. bio. Dude, he's already been in Sharknado. He's a movie star anyway. took mine. Yeah. Right, I'll figure out another one. Go ahead. Okay. Go with it. I was, no, it, I was going to let Brad Keselowski play uh, a villain in a Batman movie with his, with his aerospace. Uh, he's like building a rocket to okay, blow the Okay, yeah, yeah. See, that's different. The yeah. other one that like, I was thinking, like, you know, Blaney has done a good job in – like no, if no. we're going the serious route. Him. Okay. No, you can't pick okay. him. Okay, just saying. I know you have a crush on him. Pick somebody else. Uh, well, I, I went with Brad Keselowski. Okay, in fair. A, uh, in a Pistol Pete Maravich uh, mm. biopic. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> pick Joey, hang on. Joey Can we put, a hang on, I had to think about that. <laughs> Can we put some meat uh, on that bone? <laughs> if Just do yourself a favor and Google and YouTube Brad Keselowski – basketball i don't know what's gonna pop up. there's gonna be one video <laughs> yeah and you just just watch it while you're yeah. listening to this pause it if you have to brad kozlowski basketball and watch that I, three can, minutes wait. but can i give you something else to think about when i you're gotta laughing? tell you a story his he's got a gorgeous wife two beautiful kids and he's got millions of dollars and owns a race no, team no so doubt i don't know he if picked they, the right i don't I'm know not, if you told this story on here no but brad came up we were at logano's baby shower and yeah. brad came up to this, Corey. And Corey said, hey, no, Corey, no, you didn't He says, hey, man, I got a bone to pick with you. I said, what's up, man? Because where was my invitation for kickball? I said, there's some video on YouTube swirling around. You playing basketball is automatic disqualification. <laughs> you didn't even like you didn't even think about it. You're like, yeah, I watched you play basketball. You're not, you weren't invited. <laughs> and he was like, oh. Okay. And I'm like, there goes your shot at ever driving for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, getting, he's, he's junking me at some point in time. I hope the Spire shit works out. I me, me too. I'm working hard on it. Let's end it. I mean. I'm, no, we can't end it. We have Penny for your thoughts. Janie. <laughs> get out here with him, get Penny, for your thoughts. Get out here answer me some questions. Welcome, Janie. Thank you for having me. Oh, glad you're here. What do you got for us here at Hashtag Penny for your thoughts? We have three for you this week. Nice. The first one comes from Matt, and he says... With the rear changer no longer required to approach the car from the rear, do you foresee more over-the-wall too-soon penalties from guys not used to the timing, or do you eliminate that risk by having them carry their own tire to be dual-purpose? Well, that's a Ryan question. Yeah, so that's something that, you know, risk versus reward that I see. That that was one of the first things I saw because you see a jackman get a penalty earlier because they're closer to the car on where the jump line is, tracks like Martinsville, Richmond, stuff like that. This will This is where this will kind of come up. The uh, other questions I have are like, how are you going to do two tires? What are you going to do? Switch your choreography? So, oh, yeah, I think yeah, there's – you can't run over the cord. There's a, what happens if the guy in the right front misses up? Everybody stand there and wait on them. These yeah. are questions I have. I don't know. Um, but I'm sure that uh, if it's faster, we'll figure it out. But, yeah, I, I would foresee that being one of the risks uh, of that pit stop. Thanks. At MattBR123. The next one comes from at NASCAR Catholic. Good name. Uh, and he says, what support is Spire getting for 2022? Still help from Trackhouse or Hendrick? You guys had technical support from Ganassi last season. Yep. So we don't necessarily need a technical uh, alliance with this next-gen car, which uh, is certainly nice. We have a little bit tighter of an alliance with Chevy where we get 
our simulation from, which will be super crucial throughout the course of the year uh, with limited practice. Uh, and we're getting our engines from Hendrick. So definitely an upgrade uh, from what we had last year. So all is good over at Spire Motorsports. We'll see how we run. And the last one, we had quite a bit of people concerned about what you're doing with your flow. Like they want me to keep it? Like they want you to keep it. People don't want you to pull a Blaney. Can we talk about how Blaney looks like he's 12 years old again? I don't understand. Like I've never met somebody that can change their look so much than Ryan Blaney. The guy can go from looking like a 55-year-old father of three to a 12-year-old boy. It's quite impressive. The flow is staying. Now, any of you guys motocross fans in here? Yeah. yeah. I dabble. Aaron Plessinger, you ever seen him? No. He's a country guy, wears boots. He's got some killer sideburns and a mustache, and I've envied that look. So you will, at some point in time, see me with some sideburns and a mustache. Wait, he's a motocross racer? Yeah, he's a stud. Well, what kind of mustache you doing? You doing the food Not man? a handlebar. No, like stop it like right at the side of the lips. You, you got to go a little under the lips. Yeah. From my experience, Chuck, no? Just so well, I mean, Chuck is the mustache consigliere. He's a mustache he's just, sommelier. He's just, he's just nodding in agreement. Yes, the flow is staying because people recognize it by the flow anymore. Like, out in public, people don't know my face, but they know the flow. So the flow is here to stay. Do you have any sponsor deals? Not yet. We're working on it. Anybody else interested in sponsoring this flow besides flow coding? The path is yours. Get a little mane and tail on there? We've talked mane and tail. Oh, Derek Cope. Don't go after Derek Cope's we'll sponsor, see. man. We'll see. Derek Cope's out. There was Penny for your thoughts. Thank you all for uh, tuning in. Keep sending questions over to hashtag Penny for your thoughts. Appreciate you listening. We're going to have a ton of stuff to talk about, break down the potential fights. Who knows? Maybe we'll have a little trophy sitting here on the table. I mean, we'll you know, we see could have a winner on, you know. We've already if got not, one winner on the not, show. If not, then yeah. we'll ask whoever did win. Come on the show, <laughs> do an interview. So you win both ways, everybody. Come back next week as we continue to stack pennies.